Is it a hey folks? Are we doing a hey folks kind of intro? Or hey guys? Hi guys? I guess we don't know the gender specifics <laughs> of our demographic. I would because I would this is the first episode. Figure so we don't even have a demographic. Be Alright. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brad. And I'm Jonathan. Today we are gonna be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes. And we how will. good of a movie it was, despite well, what don't everyone said. I buried the lead. I'm I buried it. <laughs> buried it's it. gone. Is it a good movie? Is it a bad movie? Let's discuss. Well. How's that? That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. We'll work from there. That'll, that'll, We'll we'll, add, we'll 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 chop down this intro as we need it. Um, so you saw the movie not too long ago. Uh, week and a half ago now. Week and a half. I saw it opening weekend. Um, I talked to my uncle, who he and I kind of like talk shop about movies all the time, and I told him uh, I was not interested at all in seeing Solo because. Of ignorant reasons, really. <laughs> it was like, well, they're just, they keep cranking these movies out, and I don't know if I'm going to like this guy who's playing Han Solo. I don't know if he can do it, and I was just, I was not into it. Uh, yeah. But then he goes, my uncle goes and, like, gathers a bunch of people, some family, and, hey, we're going. And then uh, my wife and I are like, let's just go. So I went, and I saw it. And I'll leave it there. So you saw it. What were your expectations going into it? Uh, I had the the same thought. Like there was a lot of negative press coming up to the release, like, a, like ridiculous a amount. A lot. Like, like people were really bad mouthing this kid. It was like pitchforks. The villagers like trying to ostracize Frankenstein for making the monster. I mean, it was crazy. I I can't say the trailers were impressive either. That's true. Like what they sold. chose for the trailers was just not good. But talk about burying the lead. They. You what? didn't even know. Like, you oh, didn't know what you were getting into. Yeah, I mean, in the, the one thing that I didn't realize going into it, that it was going to be a Ron Howard movie. Like, I looked well, at was it, it after. Though? It, it really was, though. Like I, He had to come in there for, for sure and, like, make, make the movie a movie because of everything that was going on in production. And I don't... You know, there's so many people who already covered the production woes. I think we should just... Like, I don't want to get into that, because I right, think the no, movie itself no. is worth discussing and not everything else around it. I, I think the one thing that needs to be discussed is that it is a Ron Howard movie, because he's very well known for symbolism. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about symbolism in a movie, like, there's a lot of references yeah. that are just minor things that, like, I was laughing at things, and no one else was. Right. And I was like, I'm yeah. a nerd. I get that. So is this That's where great. we do the spoiler alert? I think we should do a spoiler alert. We probably should. It's been a couple of weeks. You get a, you, you either have seen it or you're you're not going to see it, or maybe you're waiting, like a, a lot of people, for it to come out. Probably on Netflix because I think Netflix still has that deal with Disney where they get all their movies. Um, but I don't know if it applies to Star Wars. Anyway, spoiler they, alert. Yeah, they did Rogue One. They sh- they yeah they might did. have it. So. You should have seen it. You might not have seen it, but if you haven't, this is your fair warning for a spoiler alert because we're going to talk about everything. Everything. We're going to break it down frame by frame, <laughs> scene by scene, word by word. Now you're going a little far. Right. <laughs> I don't know it, about that. <laughs> you didn't know this, but this is going to be an 18-hour podcast. 
I hope not. On an artistic I have, breakdown. I don't have 18 hours. Solo, a Star Wars film. Okay, no, it's not going to be that way, obviously. Um, um, go ahead. So, what were some of the things that were like the most surprising to you? That's a, that's a great question. Um, a lot The whole movie surprised me. Oh, I mean, again, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. Now, I'm thinking, this is Ron Howard, and, he, you know, we're talking about Apollo 13, we're talking about Beautiful Mind, we're talking like Ron Howard, Ron Howard. Right. So I'm like, I haven't, now this might just be me, but I haven't seen a Ron Howard film that was going to be, that was lighthearted and funny and fun and stuff like that. So I didn't know if him taking over would actually ruin the flavor of what I would expect this movie to be. Right. And I was, that was the first surprise to me. I was like, and then I, and then I remember coming out of the theater that of course Ron Howard would handle this well because Ron Howard back in the day was in um, uh, George Lucas's first film. Like he starred in George Lucas's first film and I have to look it up, but Right. Um, so they've been friends for a long there's time. There's like a whole whole geek world yelling at me because I don't know the name of George Lucas's first film. You, you call yourself a film a film enthusiast? You don't even know George Lucas's... Am I saying that right? George Lucas? Is that right? Is I that his name? I think it is. Okay, anyway. I would say it is. Um, but so they've been, they've been friends and at least acquaintances for a long time. And I know, you know not necessarily invested in the Star Wars universe, but... Like, Ron Howard has been around in show business since Ron Howard's a kid. Right. He, he was on the Andy Griffith show as Opie. <laughs> That's it, that, he's a child star. Right. So he's been in this industry forever. So it's just like, I was a little, like, I was a little pretentious. Being like, I don't, I don't know if Ron Howard can, uh, you know, direct a, a movie at, the, at, at this level, you know, with the comedy and the things like that. But I was surprised. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was interesting... Well, it was interesting to me that Ron Howard would take something that's part of a series already. He always seems to do like True. the one-off movies as well. Yeah, um, original stories. It it felt individualistic, but it still obviously will tie in to other movies because they left a lot on the floor that you're yeah. like, this has to go somewhere. Yeah, like. Um, I thought it was really cool that they left things like Darth Maul on the table. Whoa, hold on. You already going there? I'm already going. Are you talking bro. Darth Maul? Dude, Oof. like when they eliminated all of the old content, like, you know, and told people that it's Disney's universe now. Right. Like that was one thing that a lot of people were like, is Darth Maul going to be part of the universe anymore? True. Or yeah. is he going to be just nixed and move on to something else right so and Let, we'll talk we'll, we'll hit on the surprise <laughs> cameo of mall at the end later let's talk about that a little let's let's not get into that one well then but let's you're, start, you're right let's start towards the front of, the front end of the movie right. you know there's always been a dynamic between Chewie and han that yeah. you know you don't quite understand in the original trilogy, like why right. are they so close? And the movie starts off, although it's a smaller part, but you see the start of the relationship. You see it build through the whole movie and you start getting a grasp that, Hey, these two people beings, I should say, hey, say hey Wookiees are people too. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend any Wookiees out there. Or Wookiee, Wookie, you know, enthusiasts. Absolutely. Well, like, it, it... Wookie, Wookiee enthusiasts, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, in a short time, they built a lot of depth that really moves forward to the rest of the movies, and it, it kind of clicks. Right. Okay. This is this is why they are the way they are. Yeah, brothers in 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 chains to start right. off with, right? Well, okay. So you you didn't start with the very beginning of the film. You started with the meeting of Han and Chewie. That's true. Which is a good place to start because I think right from like you're saying right from the get go, you you see that bond and it felt natural. It didn't feel like it was forced because right. it's easy to take known. Uh, stories and like force an origin in it um they didn't feel forced their relationship right um at first uh i want to well, well i want to get to another point that happened before this scene but i like i like this scene um what happened um when he drops down into the cell like they throw him into the pit right let the beast take him or whatever they said um I, at first, I thought, "Oh, this is a Rancor throwback." Right. I thought it was like Luke dropping down into the pit, and they're gonna feed him to the Rancor. Right. So I and and because I, I again I went in the movie without any expectations because I thought it was gonna be you know not garbage, but I didn't think it was gonna be great. Right. Um. But I immediately went to Rancor, and I don't know if anybody else did. I don't know if you did, but uh, <laughs> my wife, who's not a huge nerd, is sitting next to me. And and she's like, it's it's freaking chewy. What are you doing? It's mm-hmm. not. I was like, oh, the rancor, the rancor. And she's like, it's <laughs> chewy. I'm like, oh yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> and then the hairy leg, you know, pops into frame, and yeah, um, and it all clicks. And it's like, oh yeah, like, okay, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like you said. I think from the get go, it felt really like a good place for them to meet, a good situation. Um, it was believable. Right. Um. I I do agree that maybe we should start a little bit further forward. Let's talk about Kira and Han. Kira and Han. Yeah, go ahead. So that's up. one relationship that I didn't fully buy into. I can see why you'd say that. Like it it and like because it happened part, really quick. Right, and that's that's part of like uh you know a movie of this sort that you you can't take huge amounts of time to explain every relationship you don't want a bunch of exposition yeah han we've been here for 13 years what are we doing how are we gonna get off of this i'm glad they didn't do that but it did it did feel rushed in the beginning yeah but by the end of the film how'd you feel about it though i like about I them i believe that there there was like some force some tension between them but i I guess in the same way, I don't get how Kira can go from somebody that, you know, supposedly loves Han to essentially betraying him. She could have, you know, killed him, yes, and it could have been more severe, but obviously in a story like this, you know that's not going to happen. They can't kill him because Han is going to be alive to fight, you know, against the Imperials and the trilogies right so there's there are certain limitations you're, to storytelling. you're right you're right about that um i st- i would argue that she still loved han but obviously in those was it three years 
was it three years from when he left planet he got through the the, you know the the security and he left planet and he joined up with the imperials it was like three years before he actually interacted with her again and it was a surprise thing i um we could talk about that but uh, i think i think she still had love for him but like so much had happened and it was water under the bridge and she played that well like amelia clark uh is a fantastic actress oh no doubt she i mean game of thrones uh she's she's my khaleesi i don't care i'll bring that up <laughs> um she's you know the breaker of chains and the uh rescuer of han solo um but it's <laughs> quite the repertoire I mean, she got it all down i mean she's also john uh was it a uh, john connor's mother <laughs> in that in that uh awful uh terminator movie anyway oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i think most of us forget about that for a reason but she still played that well um she she's a fantastic actress and she played the part of like i remember you i love i love i remember our love that we had but it felt like it felt like it was like a summer fling that she got over right and she still she still cared for him and loved him that's why she didn't kill him but she had made ties with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm trying to remember the character's name. Uh, Dryden Voss. Yep. I'm looking at the IMDb. I'm cheating. Paul Bettany. Uh, Paul Bettany, another fantastic actor. Yes. Um, again, when I saw the trailer, again, this is like bouncing around. When I saw the trailer, I'm like, is Paul Bettany going to do anything in this film? <laughs> like, he's playing um, Vision in the Avengers, you know, in the Marvel Universe. And he's great because he started off just as voice acting in Tony's head, right. you know, Tony Stark's head. Uh, did a great job there. And they moved him into a physical role. And it's just like, but Paul Bettany, uh, he's one of those guys that's like... He's a wild card. He's a wild, he's a wild card. He doesn't do anything bad. It's just, you know... It, Depends how, on the role he's in. <laughs> exactly. Like he's right. very role dependent. Right. Um I but think he did, he a, did good a great job. job. I thought he did too. I was again. I was surprised with all these characters. Another character. I mean, Woody Harrelson's character Beckett. Yeah. Uh, it was like uh, like you just going back to what you said about the trailer. And this is what I told my uncle and other people. It's like the trailer didn't give me anything to go off of. Right. So it didn't. But in a way, that's good. Like it didn't overhype. Right. It just put it out there. You're seeing a little bit of Lando. You're seeing a little bit of Han and Chewie. And then you're seeing the new characters like Beckett and Kira. And, and then you just see Paul Bettany's face with the weird scarring and stuff like that. You're like, what? Is this another bad guy with a scar? Right. Is this another, you know, 007 hack? Absolutely. You know, kind of thing. But I was surprised. I thought he was, I thought uh, Harrison Ford, or Harrison Ford, Woody Harrelson. There we go. Whoops. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Uh, he's one of those guys. It's just like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do a good job? And he did. He did a fantastic job. I, I agree. Um, there, <laughs> he's he's interesting of, to watch. He's never not interesting to watch. Out of the new characters, he was by far the most interesting. Right. I think another relationship that was kind of forced was mm-hmm. him and uh, Val. What was her name? Val. Is it Val? Yeah. yeah, Val. I think it's Val. Thandy Newton. Yeah. It it. I mean, again, exposition's limited, but true. It it didn't seem necessary to expose that part of their relationship. Like if they would have just been 
True. a like band of thieves. Right. It would have been plenty enough. But it's like, like they try to raise the stakes on the in, in that scene because Beckett probably loves her and she loves him. They kissed, you know, right. at that campfire, and they have this like shared history and all that kind of stuff. But it, you're uh, right; it did feel forced. It 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 it's. I think it didn't really add anything. No, it didn't. Like I didn't feel any worse or any more scared for her well-being right. with them being a couple rather than and his reaction to her death was limited very limited like you might, it's just i guess it, it, he acted like a drinking buddy that he didn't really care this way or that way about just died and he's like oh well now i'm not drinking with that person anymore right that's how he reacted to her death and you could make maybe make a, a claim that you know because of his double cross in the future because he was working with um, Dryden and Dryden Voss that maybe he didn't have any stock in the relationship and it was more just a you know friends with benefits kind of thing right a fling but it didn't feel like that to begin with and it didn't right. and it didn't resolve that way in the movie so it's just it just like you said it didn't add anything to the film. I do think it was good that they removed her from the movie early, though. Yeah. Like, that that was one thing that I was kind of wondering going into it, too. Like, these added characters, these side characters, are they going to tag along for a good amount of time? Or are they right. going to get rid of them? Right. Because if but you that's leave a cheap, them... That's a cheap way of not having characters in other movies. It's a cheap way of making sure you don't have to keep paying actors for the same role. It, it it can be, but I think... If they're just plot devices just to die, to set up and die. Yeah, Like but, the forearm guy. I can't um, remember his name. Is it, What was it? Rio? Rio, yeah. I just looked at this. John Favreau played the voice of Rio. Yep. I didn't even know that. Um, yep. Of course, Favreau is involved in something Disney, because he's involved in everything Disney at this point. Um, <laughs> he has to be at this point. Why not? I mean, and good for him. I like him. Anyway... Um, I felt more for him than I did for the the, Absolutely. the girl at the bridge. He was he was the upbeat character that you kind of wish he would have taken. Yeah, I would have loved to have him stick around and like get his perspective on, you know, uh, Beckett. It seemed really convenient that Beckett lost everybody except for Han and Chewie. Like everybody was like, "We're bringing on two new guys. What's going on? We can't bring on two new guys." And then everybody but Beckett dies, and he's left with the two new guys. Right. Han and Chewie, which yeah. is fine because they're the heroes of the story and we want to see them, but it did feel really convenient to kill off the only other people in his group that would have been able to challenge him, Beckett. I think that may have partially been driven by cuts that happened on the floor. It could be. I think there could there could have been a Maybe. lengthier story because they weren't in the they weren't in the the late movie, so it's like yeah, and unless that, they did extensive reshoots thing. for that kind of stuff. That's definitely the tough thing is like knowing when they removed something and had a longer story at one point mm-hmm. and added something later, or if it was just flat out that's the way it was. That's designed. why in these in these cases it's that's why it's easier to just talk about the movie as it was presented in the mm-hmm. theater and not about. This, this is the thing about geekdom. Is the thing about you know have uh, what do they call them? Um, when you when the the group of fans in a particular universe, is it a fandom? Is that what they call it? Yeah, it's a yeah. fandom. Anyway, I don't know why it took me forever to get to that phrase. <laughs> what is it called? About the fans getting the together? Fandom. It's a fandom. I said geekdom and fan, and I couldn't put it together. Right. Whew, sorry. 
just yeah, ran over on close. me. Um, but the problem with the fandom is everybody has their own expectations of what it should be. Right. And then they get they get bent out of shape about why why do we even have a solo movie? Like there are some people out there who are talking about like the the lack of a need for any movie based in the Skywalker saga. And I don't know how to, I don't <laughs> I don't know it's just as much of a point to argue having Star Wars stories that are based in the universe we already know versus having Star Wars movies based on a wholly different thing. Right. Like what I don't understand when people say stuff like we should have completely original Star Wars content. That's fine, but then it's not actually Star Wars. It's whatever you make it to be. Well, what what that generally stems from is they want content that's made for them, the fandom, you know, the extreme, you know, but where know they a lot pull, about it. Where are they going to pull those stories from? Yeah, well... There's it, tons of lore out there already yeah. built. Why, why not tap into stuff? Why shouldn't we get a Boba Fett movie, even though Boba Fett is the worst bounty hunter in the galaxy? <laughs> I mean, he looks badass, but he's the worst bounty hunter <laughs> in the galaxy. I think we need to emphasize that one more time. What no, that really, that Boba Fett no, is the we, worst we really don't. bounty hunter in the galaxy. I Django was better. Django Fett. Well, he's he original. knew what he was doing, right? He knew what he was doing. But his he's kid was like, "I'm just I'm gonna be I'm gonna put my dad's armor on and paint it different color and <laughs> hang around people. I'm just gonna hang around and fly around and maybe shoot my rocket." <laughs> anyway that's <laughs> talk about uh, fandom rants right i mean I'll get, I, off, I'll get off my soapbox i think that sometimes people don't realize that not everything is going to be for them especially the super fans sometimes don't realize that right the thing that's really intelligent on disney's part is they're tying into the existing universe because they can then take people that have been part of the series since the beginning. They can introduce new people. Yes. And they're expanding the timeline so that by the time, you know, you know, I potentially have kids in 10, 15 years, I can be like, hey, originally there's only these nine movies. Right. But now we've got 20 movies and this is the order it right. goes in. It's, it's right. a different concept from like Marvel because they had the opportunity to think Hey, mm-hmm. this is how we're going to do it from the beginning. Right. But now Star Wars has that opportunity, and they're evolving to a Marvel state that they're building their universe, mm-hmm. but they're building front, right. back, in between, everywhere. And I love all of it. Like, I don't... I So, I'm a, I'm a film enthusiast. I'm not, like, a fan of film. I know I know how movies are made, and I, I don't mean in a pretentious way. I just I've I've studied film. I went to school for it. I've I've shot independent like short features, at short features. That doesn't make sense. Short films. <laughs> um, I know I know the process of making movies. Right. Um, and I love I love the fact that there are these guys who care so much about a universe that's already established to want to build more and more of it. And I don't care if it's the most compelling storyline. I don't care if it's the most, like, artistically derived, you know, cinematic experience. 
I, I, if it's Star Wars, I want to just have fun with Star Wars. And I don't mind if they take it to new places. Right. I just want them to do it well. But, th- yes, I agree. Did I'm I just contradict myself? I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't care about I, the experience, but I want them to do it well. That doesn't make any sense. You I might have to care. cut out all of that. I think maybe the correct <laughs> phrasing would be, you don't care where the experience comes from as long Thank as you. it's done well. Thank you. Yes. Like, And I agree with that. That's. I don't even need the best stories. I don't even need the best. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't care if they throw new stuff out there, but it has to. I feel like it needs to be done well and within. Um, because you can make up new rules to a universe. They can. They can make up new storylines. They can make up new technologies that affect the universe different ways. Like I never like this story. This story solo. I didn't even know what kind of fuel they used in their starships. Right. So it was cool to see that that technology was present in all the films. You just didn't know it. Which, by the way, while we're talking about that, oh gosh. <laughs> brings up a really, really big thing that made me nerd out in the theater. Okay. It's like the realization at the end. And it, we are jumping Hold around on. a lot. What? At the end, when they get all those fuel cells... Like it, for some people, it, it for me it clicked. Han Solo is one of, if not the main reason that the rebellion could even build exactly. Star Destroyers. Exactly. So I, even though all through the trilo- like the main part of the, or the first part of the trilogy, the original trilogy, mm-hmm. like he was. Oh, I'm not for this. It's not my thing. I'm not a hero. Right. Like, right. He's the he hero is a hero. He's that the one we who started needed, the... Yeah. But didn't know that he we needed him. <laughs> he is Batman. He is Batman. He's the Star Wars Batman. He's just the poor man's version of Batman. That's, that's fine. He's. I would say it would keep him humble, but nothing keeps him humble. Yeah. No. Um. I think you can see that a lot in this okay. movie. Okay. Okay. So we've been kind of uh, being nice and excited about solo i want to bring up something that i thought was a pretty big meh maybe even a plot hole if it were as it were he's going through are you are you want can we go there is that cool all right he's going through processing and he's trying to get off planet he got through security and he's signing up with the imperials right they're just too dumb to catch him well no no (laughs) That okay, that's that's beside the point. But that happens in movies all all the time. That's what we call a suspension of uh, suspension of disbelief, and that's fine. Like okay, he somehow slips security. That's fine. It happens, right? Um, He's a smuggler, or that's his start to his his smuggler experience, or whatever. What I didn't like um, was the uh, the name origin. Yeah, that I agree. That That was was the worst. Like laziest writing in in any of the movies so far, <laughs> even yeah, George, even, even the, the prequels. Whole, the whole conversation in general is pretty dumb. Uh, uh, who, what, who, who are, are you your doing people, here, son? Oh, I want to join the army. I want you. Wanna... What do you want to do? I'm gonna fly spaceships. <laughs> right. Well, too bad. <laughs> what are you three? Were you three years old? Were you building model spaceships in your in your little uh, I don't know hut? I'm gonna come back here someday. Why would you want to come back here? Uh, most people wouldn't do that. <laughs> but then it's like, what's your name, son? Han. 
what's your what's your family name what like mm-hmm. like he wasn't listening i guess maybe because he just got distracted the fact that he left his girlfriend on planet and he was going away but it's like i don't have any people I think it would have been cooler if Han said it though, instead of having the guy uh, I guess when he I'm was flying in. Because I guess I'm flying solo. Yeah. My name's Han. I'm flying solo. It would have been way oh, cooler out of his own mouth. That's a great point. Rather than so some random. He character said, you never and this is again. this might have been you know the handoff in the in the directors, you know in the film, because that felt really weak. And later on, he steps into the uh, Carillion, you know, Millennium Falcon, Lando's Millennium Falcon. That's how they're dubbing it, by the way. Lando's uh, Millennium Falcon. Until versus Hans. Versus Hans. Because so it, it has the, the pods in the front, the, and then that's why there's a, there's, it's filled in in the front of the ship. Right. Um, that's, so it's Lando's. I think Lego. That's what Lego decided. I guess. Sure. Um, but uh, I don't even remember what my point was. <laughs> I, I don't know where you're going. Oh, oh okay. No, no, he steps into the ship for the first time. This is why I don't like the name origin, because he steps into the ship. The uh, Okay, at the name thing, the guy asked him, who are your people? He's like, I don't have any people. I don't have a people. Um, which is contradicted in that scene where he walks in the cockpit, and he's like, he goes on a little bit about his father and how his father helped build these ships right. on the shipyard. And I'm like, well, obviously he had people. Yeah. Obviously he knew his people. So that to me was a huge like that that contradiction was... in the story. Yeah, I. I so it was lame it that, that the guy gave him solo. Right. It's like, listen, sir, I appreciate your effort, but if I'm gonna give my, if I'm gonna have a new name given to me, at least let me make it up, okay? Right. Um, it's like it's like John Smith, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't like that's. It, it it was like you could have made it. You couldn't even. You know what? Don't even talk about the name. How about he's just Han Solo? Right. Why even? Why even have to? What's your name, Han Solo? That could have been it. Right. Right. Why do we have to have an origin for the name? Because that whole thing was just weird and a contradiction. That's one of the biggest things I didn't like about the film. Yeah, I I I totally agree. Um, yeah, I hadn't even thought about you know him mentioning his father at right. the beginning and even more so like doesn't that mean he had a last name at some point uh, last name i mean I, okay we're talking now now we're talking about uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away they could have had different social you it's know true whatever so they might not even had last names so why doesn't he even why does he have to even have a last name why does he have to have two names well, right. because he was given two names because we all experience people with two names, right? right. At least two names. So it, it, in some cultures, you might take your your father's name as your last name. You know, like my father's name is David, so I could be like, my name would be Jonathan David. Right. It actually is Jonathan David because he, named, he gave me my middle name is David. Okay. So technically... I'm getting, proving the point. Getting a little exposition here on your own life here. <laughs> Nobody cares. Everybody just fell asleep. <laughs> oh, gosh. He's going on about his name. He's talking about Han Solo's name. Now he's talking about his name. Worst host ever. Um, No, but just, I don't need to say anymore. I've said it all. <laughs> it's just that name thing was just, the it was the weakest, and it wasn't even necessary. 
I want to talk about something that I felt was a little forced in this movie. <laughs> is that a pun? Is yeah, that a Star yeah, Wars yeah. pun? I actually didn't think about that, but now it is. You're welcome. Were you awakened to this forced <laughs> thing? Uh Let's talk about the droids that carry two of the newest movies. Yes, being... thank you. Please. Yes. This is a great point. Like, <laughs> K2SO, mm-hmm. great character. Great. Uh, was important. Yes. But what... We're talking about the... from Rogue One, right? K2SO yeah. from Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yeah. So L3... 30, is it L337? L337. L337. However you want not to say C-3PO. it. Not C-3PO. Yeah. Not C-3PO not with C-3PO. a red arm either. You know. Right. Which, um, that was never explained. We won't talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save another Star Wars movie for another podcast. I I I thought it was way too forced that they thought they had to bring in another droid. I, I, I was just. Do you? Ha, I want you to keep going on it. If you got more on it, I mean it. Because I got I got my own take, but I I think that I again we don't know who it was, but somebody is like, man. This character was the surprise character in Rogue One. Right. We need to make our own to keep up. We need to have a droid in every Star Wars film. Yeah, I mean, the next movie, <laughs> we're going to come up with some other droid that's going to be pointless and useless. I mean, I do like BB-8. bb is BB-8's cool. a good little droid. You know why? Because he doesn't talk. Yeah. He rolls around like a soccer ball. I mean, think about why people like R2-D2. Same reasons. You, He's you, you know what? in what he needs to do. And you don't know what he was saying, so it's up to you as the viewer to interpret whatever he's doing and saying. And put It puts you into the story. Right. But then you have this... So my, the point I made to somebody about the droid issue, because I think it is an issue, um, Kathleen Kennedy, if you're listening to our podcast, as producer of all the Star Wars and Lucasfilms, um, if you're listening, um, we don't need a droid to be human. I think... Yeah, that was the that was one thing that tweaked me out. Like, like adding a sex drive to the robot, that was a little weird. Well, okay, there's there's a lot of things weird. I did like the robot revolution. I thought that was that was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was a good way to motivate uh, the story in that in that scene in that sequence. It was a good way to create um, the chaos that was needed, and it wasn't forced. I didn't feel like that was forced. No. But the droid issue in general, the android issue, the robot issue, whatever, is um, they try to make these um, things too too much of a caricature of a human personality. Right. And like overly talking, overly animated, overly, it's just, it's so much. It's what are they, it's, it's extra. It's too much. Right. And the problem is too is mocap has I don't even think there's human beings in those in in robot suits anymore. One of the things we liked about C3PO, I liked about C3PO is one he was um he was eccentric, but he didn't he had a human personality, but he felt like a robot cuz he moves like a robot. Cuz the actor moved like a robot. There's a guy in a suit, an amazing actor. Now I got to figure out his name too. I, I'm so sorry. But an amazing actor playing a robot and did a really good job delivering um, a really good character. Now, flat, fast forward to Rogue One, and uh, and Solo, these Star Wars stories. These these robots are so human, and they articulate like their movements, their physical movements, are so um, unhindered. They act and move like people. Right. And it's like, 
it, it's too. I think it's too much. Now I understand that the um, I understand the the need for having a robot uh, in a social sense. It kind of it kind of is a what do you call it? Um, it's a, it's symbolic of uh, cultural um, racism and things like that. Right. Like it, it's supposed to bring up that what what ex- what is human? Right. What is it to be human? It, is it is it flesh? Is it a soul? Is it a spirit? Is it an energy? Is it personality? Whatever it is. And so I know that these characters are created to challenge. Um, the social idea of what it means to love something. Right. And they did that with, with um, Donald Glover as Lando when, when uh, L337 um, eventually dies and he goes in there, scoops her up, and it's like a whole, like, you know, don't you yeah. die on me moment kind he, of thing. He lost something. Well, right. ideally but someone. I felt like that was weird. Am I weird for that? I di- I don't know if I'm like out of touch. No, I hadn't seen I I th- and I th- that was weird to me because hadn't seen that connection. I haven't seen that connection between Lando and the robot. Um, there wasn't this like deep relate. They were friends. He needed her. Right. He talked about her, but he was kind of sarcastic and flippant about her. So when she dies, um, he flips out and he like has this really heartbreaking moment, and then he's fine. Right after that's another moment where somebody's lost something seemingly important, and then he's fine in the next scene. Part um, of the ship, part of the crew. Are we going to talk about that? Uh, I, <laughs> I just i i loved um, i loved Donald Glover's Lando. I think he nailed it, mm-hmm. and I think it was believable. But that one scene where he like he's cradling L three three seven as she's as her circuits are dying. And, you know, shorting out and all that kind of stuff. I just didn't think that was believable as Lando. Maybe it was because it was an extreme situation and he broke his own personal outward character to have this emotional reaction. And he goes right back to being Lando. Maybe that's it, but I could talk about that. It it was just, in general, it it was, the character was forced. It wasn't necessary. Um, Even... If they did want the character, they didn't need to make a droid that was so vocal. Right. It could have been, hey, this is my first mate, and just have it be like a C-3PO that right. super intelligent robot can do a lot of things, but we don't really need to invest a huge amount of like time and screen time to this character. It just felt like it was, it was, it was, uh, she was forced to be, she was used to be um uh it, it almost like it was used to to teach all the uh, ignorant people in our society a lesson right like but it was like oh, it was like preachy that yeah. character that character's presence and how they used the character felt preachy and it's it, it just was a little bit much in my opinion it, yeah it it divide it Diverted attention from more important things. Yeah. In in general, that's what it comes down to. It there diverted were, I, attention not, from things. Yeah, that, and it, uh, to be fair, it wasn't in every single scene, every time she said something. It wasn't like everything she was saying was preachy. Um, and it's not because it's a female character. I want to make that clear because it's not about that. It was about um, are we trying to 
correct people's view on society through entertainment. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't know if that's the appropriate place. No, nah, it should. I mean, be it, it was overt. It wasn't subtle. It was overt, and I don't know if it should be or not. And, and that's a, but the, the I guess the good thing about that character is it it generates this kind of conversation, and hopefully, you know, where if we're talking about equality, you know, in how we view uh, other people. And what matters, you know, where, you know, here or there, uh, well, uh, maybe that's the benefit of having that character. If anything, bringing that forward almost feels like it's a little too divisive in some ways. Like they're trying yeah. to weigh in on political climate and, like you said, an entertainment movie. It's a, it's a Star Wars movie. It's, it's a Star Wars movie. Like what was good about the original three movies um, was the filmmakers and the creators all had their own agenda in life, as everybody does, and there are subtleties in those movies that point to those agendas, but it wasn't overt. This was overt. Maybe our society is in that place where we want overt themes of um, social uh, justice and social reform, um, but that character was just a little too overt and too on the nose about things. Right. I don't know. All right. Been handled better. Is that is that I think I think we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> talk talk about agendas. <laughs> These guys are talking about this. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's one of those things that it, it at the end of the day it was unnecessary. Whether it was intended to be political or whether it was intended to just be how about, how about a copycat. Right. How about let's let's robots be robots. Let robots be robots. Let, Hashtag let, let the robots, robots robot. Robots. I don't know. Oh. I think there's a lot better things we can talk about too. Yeah. but um, I think it, I, I think it's important to at least you know bring those up because it, it was in the film. It was right. it was an overt part of the film, and that's how it was. Uh, what else you got? What's on your notes list there? You did you did more you did more uh, organized <laughs> more research. Crap. Um, I guess it really, like, one thing... Do you want to talk about Cthulhu? <laughs> Cthulhu. Uh, I think, I think we should talk more about the symbolic parts of the movie. Like, we were, like I was mentioning earlier. Yeah, go ahead. Ron Harward. Mm-hmm. It's sing. Um, one thing, since we're on the topic of things that aren't necessarily great about the movie, one thing that I felt was forced is the dice. Yeah, I agree. The dice came back. The it, dice weren't necessary in really any of the movies. The Last Jedi. Yeah, Last Jedi. It wasn't. It wasn't necessary. Can I be honest? I don't remember seeing the dice in any of the Star Wars movies. I don't either. All right. I, I feel I, good. I, I feel good now. <laughs> I. I was like, okay, I guess the dice is now a a, a theme that they want to continue. Yeah, it's a, it's a forced tie-in that they can move from movie to movie because it's a tiny object that can be handled oh it's the dice <laughs> yeah right oh it's so it's so good i'm glad he's got the dice on the end in the end of the movie i i think he did a fantastic job elsewhere though like the dice aside that was cheesy that was forced i keep saying forced a lot i know we can't get away I, i'm trying not to acknowledge the fact that you're saying forced so much yeah. during a star wars discussion uh-huh. i should just acknowledge it and stop saying it <laughs> we'll um, just keep saying it nobody but cares. we get to see a lot of things 
that Han brags about in the first series. First thing being True. the Kessel Run. Yeah. The Kessel Run was awesome, by the way. Right. I was... It was it's That was like a big moment. Like, how are they going to pull this off? Yeah. Because they set even, it up. And you're you, like, all right, what's going to happen? I it, Honestly, though, I thought the Kessel Run was like a, a intergalactic race. I didn't know it was like a smuggler's run type of thing. Right. Uh, I I knew that it was a smuggler's run. I I remembered that from the the original movies, um, but I think it was really good the way that they now have a visualization for that moment. Mm-hmm. For a long time, it's always been How did one this parsecs yeah. aren't you know a form of time. It's a form of distance, right? And that's one thing that people always bring up. But now it kind of does make sense because right. they took a shortcut it wasn't about the time it was about the distance right and it makes sense i mean it's it was a is it was a pretty standard like let's let's uh raise the stakes in this scene they're about to go into this black or they're about to be eaten by cthulhu <laughs> that's being sucked into this black hole thing right right um and king calamari what's that Became calamari in the black hole. Right, right, exactly. You like that part? Exactly. <laughs> um, wait, what? Calamari? It got like fried. It looked like calamari. Oh. I don't. That's where my mind went. I didn't. I don't like calamari, so I that's do. probably why I didn't go. I do, but that's what? beside the point. You don't like calamari? Now all the now now the cal, the calamari fandom is yelling at me. <laughs> you don't like calamari, man? Excuse me. It's all right. You're gonna have a lot of people that it just. I straight up hate you. That's fine. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be loved. Please love me. Well, um, even going back to your point about how they defined, you know, Han's ship versus Lando's ship. Right. It explains the well, gap. Was, well, it also, you know, there was always that argument in the in the original trilogy of you mean my ship i won that ship fair and square right and that was cool that they alluded or they 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 uh gave the origin for that story mm-hmm. without it seeming forced absolutely um, i like i really enjoyed that that throwback and that kind of that uh yeah showing that origin for that story even um, one thing that comes from that too you're always kind of like you know, Han Solo, you're bragging about your ship, but it's always broken. It's a piece of junk. Why do you love well, this there thing was, so much? Like, before the movie came out, somebody was telling me, I don't... This is how crazy it gets to it gets for me, though. People arguing about how good... How good the Millennium Falcon looked. Like, there were people legitimately like, I can't believe they have this really pristine, pretty-looking uh, Falcon. That's not how it should look. And it's like, wait, wait, a second. guys, come on! It when when a yeah. brand new Cadillac rolls off the line, it looks immaculate. It looks it looks beautiful. Now, yeah. if if you're a guy like Han Solo, you're driving the crud out of this thing and pushing it to its limits. It's gonna <laughs> look like crap. So fine, like let it be looking nice at the beginning of the film. By the end of the film, it looked like garbage. Yeah. It, it looked like that piece of junk they talked about it's, in the in the Force Awakens. It's transitional. Yes. It makes sense. It's called continuity. Symbolic, too. Right, right. 
because when the Kessel Run is done, that's when you realize that, you know, this is Han's ship. Whether, you know, right. Lando flies it away right. and Han gets it later. Well, he didn't, this yeah, is he didn't technically ship. own the ship yet. Uh, yes. It wasn't until the end of the movie when he actually won it legitimately. It, which was cool. I'm glad that they, they, they did that. In in a way, though, they used the, the swing of momentum. Hey, Han's piloting the ship. Right. This is now his. It is not Lando's whether ownership has changed yet and you kind of get this vibe of hey han loves this ship loves this broken piece of junk because of this moment yeah because of what how it performed what it did and now and uh yeah no i agree totally uh what do you think about um the the ai of uh uh, the the android was it L was her name L three three seven like they they took her and uh, <laughs> AI component and like jacked it into the uh, the ship and now the ship has the internal personality the most, emotion the most in depth maps of the whole entire galaxies I I uh, was that a little was that a little much it was. <laughs> I mean, like, you're going to tell me that some it's robot, lazy, that lazy some scavenger, <laughs> well, I mean, scoundrel he could, I mean, has. Okay, it. but they did kind of set that up properly, right? I got her. I kept her. I was going to change up her brain, but she's got the best uh, diagnostic computing brain, blah, 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 map, whatever. Like, that's what Lando was saying before any of that happened. They did kind of properly set it up, but it was still a little like, okay, I guess now you can have yeah. the best. I mean, if there was some interaction in the original series where Han was like talking to L three three seven, right? Like, it but he didn't have a relationship with the robot. Makes sense, right? But the, it, it's not necessarily a direct tie-in. It doesn't really explain much that right. goes into the original trilogy. It's just kind of a thing. Oh, hey, now the ship has these really detailed maps, and that's how Han Solo can get all over the place. Right. Right. And and it wasn't even like it, it. It was only they only said that so they can use it to get out of, um, to get through the castle run, because there's no other reference of her, map the map database that she had, so it was setting it up only for that one moment. I and, think I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the only reference. I think Han Solo does mention that he has like a really diverse map set in the original trilogy, but it's like. Uh, a minor concept. I don't know. I could be then. Okay, more fans yelling at me because yeah. they know better than me. Come on, you gotta keep up. He said at moment at at the what is it? Either at, either, at the timeline it, one hour and thirty two seconds. <laughs> it Sorry, doesn't. Guys. It doesn't matter. I'm failing you. Um, we probably should wrap this up soon. We're at we're at what roughly an hour. Yeah, that's what I'm showing. Um. I want to talk. We need to talk a, a couple more things. Yeah, we're at an hour. That's fine. We can go like hour hour thirty. I don't care. Um, we'll just cut this part out. Um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I want to talk more. I want to talk specifically about um. Uh, Alden uh, Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. 
if oh, you're the, if you're German, yeah. it's Al- Alden Ehrenreich. So the new Han Solo. Uh, the new Han Solo. Like, let's talk about that. Uh, his his performance. It was a lot better than press junkets yeah. before the movie made it out to be. I agree. And it's a lot better than what they showed in the trailer. Absolutely. So whatever they did in between worked. And if there was even anything in between, for all we know, it could have just been hearsay and speculation. Sure. Um, But even going beyond just him, the cast in general, Mm -hmm. like, I think for a movie of... You know this size, this intention, the repu- the reputation behind it. Yeah, there there was a lot of carrying really the good universe act. as it were. Yeah, there's a lot of really good acting. Like, yeah, I can't really say that there was any particular actor that didn't perform well, whether or not their character was developed well by right behind the scenes. Well, what's her? What was the the leader of um, the rebellion before it was a rebellion? What's her name? Um, Enfys Nass or whatever. Yeah. I got I to gotta look this up. I don't have your... Uh, in, yeah, Enfys Nest. Uh, Aaron Kellyman. First of all, uh, we'll, 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 parla- we'll kind of uh, cross over into the gaming world just for a second. Um, the, the early Rebellion group there, um, they all look like they came from the Destiny universe. They do. Bungie's Destiny universe. And I'm 100% okay with that. Because they look, they look badass. They, they looked cool. <laughs> um, it was definitely... I'm like, oh, a Destiny movie for like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. I like this. Yeah, no. It, it was better than the video games. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for yeah, another podcast. That's, that's a whole other story. <laughs> I, I thought it was a... I thought that was a good twist to the movie, too. That, you know... You know, Nest wasn't necessarily always a bad person. Like, she had a good intention. Right. But that's one thing that almost felt a little weird, too. Like, a little forced? Yeah, like, obviously, they're adversaries, but at no point well, there no, no. was But was they're not adversaries. Created. Uh, Enfys Nest's adversary was Beckett. It's true. Because Beckett was all for himself, where we don't, we don't know Enfys Nest's, like, intentions at the beginning of the film. So we don't know why there's bad blood there, but we do know 100% that Woody Harrelson's Beckett is all for himself. Right. And so it was cool that when she's interacting with Han Solo, who she's never talked to before, it's a completely different interaction. Right. And he ha- he has a, a completely human um, like uh, desire to help these people, which, right. which becomes the you know, Han guy that we love. Yeah, he, he's a re- he's a reluctant hero. He's still gonna do it, but he's 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 gotta make you feel like he's not. There's no hope, and then he comes in and saves right. the day. Right. He has to find his value first. Right. Before he'll do it. Um, I want to go back to uh, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, his performance. Um, just like you said, uh, you don't know what kind of Han Solo you're gonna get from this guy. Right. Um, I freaking love Harrison Ford. Like, I think he's a fine actor. I think he does what he does very well, and he knows how to handle himself, and he knows how to play into 
um, who he is as 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 an actor and what people want from him as an actor. Right. Because in film, you're not hiring an actor to be what you necessarily want the actor to be. You hire the actor, especially experienced people like Harrison Ford has been in the industry forever. Um, you want them to be who they are. Like when you hire Jim Carrey, you want Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey. Right. You want to take. You want to have them take right creative control. Even if it's in character. a serious movie, like the number twenty three. We don't go into that, but I'm just saying. So um, when Harrison Ford, who is respected, you know, for everything he's done, like gives his blessing to Alden Ehrenreich, that should mean something to people. It's right. not. It's not like. It's not just a. Hey, uh, you know, I'm just here because they paid me to shake your hand. You right. know, it's not for that. He doesn't have to do any of that. He he did it and he shook his hand and uh, was really like warm and kind to the guy and like gave him his blessing, which I, I'm sure for a character, uh, an actor, going to be playing a huge character like Han Solo. Right. That's got to feel really good. Absolutely. First of all. Absolutely. Um, but for his performance, um, at the beginning of the movie, we're not seeing the Han Solo that we're used to. We're seeing uh, some. We're seeing somebody who's not Han Solo yet, right. like the one that we expect. By the end of the film, one one hundred percent, he's Han Solo. They even brought in some of his idioms. Yes, one hundred percent, he's Han Solo. Like he is that character. He is that guy. Yeah, and that is a huge testament to the actor. Now, obviously, the director is working to get those performances and to making sure that those come through. Right. But that is 100% on the actor. And I think he nailed it. 100%. Like, I keep saying 100%. Because it's 100% what we want. That's, <laughs> and that's why I walked out of the theater, like, being like, this movie is fantastic. I was so happy. Right. Um, because Because of how they... Even with the you know the silly stuff, like the the um, the uh, the dice, and the 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 android stuff, and the origin of the name, all that stuff was was kind of meh, whatever. And there's there's more stuff, but I just at at the end of the movie, everybody felt like who they were supposed to be. Right. We should we should talk about Donald Glover because we haven't even talked about Donald Glover really. He. He was the person that I came in with an expectation. Even, like, I I knew he was going to do good. I am impressed on how much further he brought it. Yeah. Like, you know, there's there's definitely Lando off the bat. It's a hundred percent him, right? Because we didn't need to, he he didn't need to become Lando. He right. was already Lando. Yeah, I agree. And I think. The way that, you know, Glover played off of, is it Einreich? Einreich? Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to try it because I'm German. <laughs> I have to say it like I'm German. But they played off each other like Han and, uh, wow. I'm is it, is it because I'm trying to look this up and I'm not looking at you? <laughs> no, it's it just <laughs> mine went blank. They interact how Han and Lando should interact. They added depth. They added understanding. You know, the quips back and forth in the original trilogy. Like you were saying, I won the ship fair and square. Right. Things like that. 
you see in this movie and you, you get that satisfaction that this story isn't just something. There's substance to it. There's right. a reason to it. Right. Which, you know, is the whole reason to go back to Rogue One. That's the whole reason Rogue One was really cool. They took this tiny concept, you know, a lot of people died getting these plans and made a whole movie and you're like, yeah. Wow. Well, the problem Almost the, everyone died. Well, we can talk about that movie uh, <laughs> separately. Yeah, no, it's a time. But, but uh, the line was, a lot of people died, uh, but, but the movie killed everybody. Everybody died to get this thing. <laughs> a few people made it out with the plans. But yes, a lot of, pretty much everyone. Anyway, I just p- poke with fun. Um, <laughs> I, I, back to Donald Glover. Um, I remember, you know, he he's he's a guy who takes his work seriously. Right. So he's like, I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's um, what do you call it, a method actor or anything like that. I just know that he wanted to do a lot of research. Um, I was watching an interview with him. He wanted to do a lot of research, and he got the opportunity to like sit down with Billy D. Williams, and and he's like, hey, so, uh, you know, what's his origin? Where is he from? And and he, like he's asking him all these questions, and Billy D. Williams. Goes back to him, he's like, I don't know, man. You just gotta be charming. You gotta be cool as hell. <laughs> and he's like, All right. He's like, I guess I was overthinking it. And so, like, you know, stripping away those, like, it doesn't matter, you know, you know, all those different things at times. It's just like, who is Lando? Right. And he's cool as hell, and he's charming, and everybody wants to be him or be right. around him. And he was that guy. Yeah. The like, charisma was there. And he he did capture like. The, the the tempo of Billy D. Williams and he did capture that whole like you know essence of Lando right but it, it, it in essence he was just a cool ass guy I think they also really captured that you know the betrayal that happened in the original series wasn't the only time that Lando and Han had those you know bad moments right like you can see the cutthroat Lando right in the performance throughout the whole well, movie, and and to be fair, like Han is just as much cutthroat against yeah, it Lando. Yeah, goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, but they still like it's like they 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 have a mutual respect, a mutual like for each other, um, and, and they also have the understanding that when it comes down to it, what, it's Lando, me or you. Lando became a general. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was General Lando in 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 the uh, in the third movie or the episode six. Yeah, Do I got that right. Yes, fandom. <laughs> Fandom, got, do I have that right? Got that one right. <laughs> or we're gonna get corrected. Oh, no, we're we're gonna a get lieutenant. Sorry. We're, we're acting like a lot of people are gonna listen to this. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah. Got to start somewhere. Oh, that's so funny. Got to have the confidence too. All right, should we talk? We should talk about uh, Darth Maul. We should. <laughs> that that was that was a moment that. I could definitely tell that most people weren't understanding oh, the the that, magnitude of it. That and I have, uh, like, I was shocked. Like, I was not expecting that at all. I, I did not see it coming. No, I mean, obviously, nobody did because yeah, that stuff's kept secret and all that kind of stuff. But I did not expect freaking Darth Maul to pop out. I can't, uh, I just remember... She calls him up, and I can't remember what cued me into thinking that it was Darth Maul, but something happened when she's getting on the phone with him, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's Darth Maul. The the kind of tip-off that I had was the type of knife that she was using. The knife? 
Yeah, because the knife what like had that. Yeah, it had the edge. The, yeah, which and I was like, which that the, I, that's that, a stupid knife. Can I just say that it, it was is. stupid? Let's it, let's put light. Let's put lightsaber technology it's a cheese on anything. Knife. Let, let's I, let's bring I, it to the top and I, acknowledge it was it's a, a freaking butter knife. knife. Can I put lightsaber technology in my butter knife, please? Yeah, <laughs> just in case I get attacked by a clone <laughs> or something. Yeah. I I th- I thought it was a, a clever illusion. Right. That like it the first time I saw it, it's not like oh Darth right. Maul is here, but like as it started getting closer, like you're saying, she called him, and I was like, who can it be? Yeah, it it, it could have been it could have been freaking uh what's his name Palpatine. Palpatine. I think it would it would have definitely been a cop out if they went that route. Right, but it been too easy. What I really liked too was um so he Darth Maul Sith guy right from episode one um you know for anybody who doesn't know gets chopped in half by uh Gwygon Jin in their duel um which how can how can Darth Maul get chopped in half and Gwygon get stabbed in the stomach and Gwygon's the one who dies <laughs> can I just say that I think Gwygon is one of the coolest Jedi that we never got to see yes in the old is it, is it because really good back it's because I like. It's probably because I like Liam Neeson so much. Uh, yeah, and he's he's a compelling character in the movie. Right. Like he's one of the best characters in the movie. He probably is the best character. In the he whole. really well. Yeah. You know, Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> does good, but he does do good. But he's not Obi Wan at that point. Yeah, he's no. he's a kid. Uh, no. Okay. So let's. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> So Sith, uh, Darth Maul's Sith to Palpatine uh, gets chopped in half, falls down a pit, right? Now, uh, canonically, is that a word? I have no idea. Um, In the Clone Wars, the the cartoon animated series, um, he he does come back. So he's alive. He's been repaired. Um, So we don't have that origin in the cinematic universe, but we do have uh, a legit origin for Maul. In the animated series, which is considered lore and canon and all that kind of stuff, so but he the one thing he is uh, obviously doesn't have his tattoos. I didn't see any tattoos, like he didn't have the red and black tattoos. He did. I didn't. I didn't notice it. It didn't look like he did. It looked like almost like he scrubbed them off. Well, the, I don't think they're actually tattoos. I think they're part of his skin. No, no. Um, that. Uh, uh, this is this is like deep nerd, and this is I can't believe I know this over you, <laughs> but uh, that uh, society that Maul comes from, uh, those are like tribal tattoos. I could see it. So I'm wondering if it's an association with uh, Force users from that race of people, or if it's a Sith tribal thing um, from other from their culture or something. But I didn't notice any tattoos. I noticed like it was very splotchy. It's like evenly splotchy. He had like some red tones and stuff like that, but it didn't right. look. So I didn't know if he had like <laughs> laser corrective surgery <laughs> <laughs> for his tattoos. Like if he like lost honor because he fell in battle and blah blah blah, and now he's doing his own thing on the side. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know if that. Uh, somebody tell me what they think. I don't. I, I thought it was interesting notice. that they decided to go the CGI route. To be honest. It's okay that they did that because it's uh they did that with Snoke, right? Even <laughs> I don't want to go into Snoke too much because 
Well, Snoke pisses me off. But <laughs> um, but I, the when it's when it's the uh, transmitted blue light, you know, right? Uh, augmented reality message guy. I think it's okay to use CG there. It's it's just weird for me that they went from having a physical character to going to a CG character. Well, until when they had I, the opportunity. Well, true, but Snoke again. Snoke was CG until. I mean, he was still all CG for the most part, but he was mocap and they did a really good job. But until, and until we actually get Maul in the in the flesh, as it were, uh, on screen, I don't think CG was a bad choice. Yeah, and then did you notice the uh, mechanical sounds when he stood up? Yeah, because he has metal legs. That was yeah. cool. Um, did he turn on his lightsaber? I can't remember if he turned on his lightsaber. I don't remember. I think he did. Maybe. Anyway, what do you th- the impact? What do you think about Maul in general? About him showing up? I th- I'm very interested on in where the movies after this go. Whether they're gonna do, you know, a solo, solo a Star Wars <laughs> Maul. story two. Maul, a Star Wars story. I uh, could be cool. Could be. I wouldn't say no to it. Well, I don't have a choice anyways. But I, I would go watch it. I, I'm I'm curious where the, where the tie-in happens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously a lot of plans for other movies that are coming. Um, True, but it it's obviously not a throwaway moment. They don't intend on it being like a one-off. Oh hey, here he is. Mm-hmm. Not gonna show up ever again. Wouldn't it be cool though if they did? If they're just like, yeah, that was it. No, what like do they? To me, ha- no. That would suck. <laughs> to me, like, dangling that in front of my face and being like, hey. I mean, sure. Yeah, this I, could be a really cool storyline, but like, I'm going to drop the fruit in the in a blender, first, blend it in front of you, make it look like a smoothie, and then I'm going to dump it down the drain so you can never have it. But, okay. I mean, if that's if you like smoothies, but... <laughs> It'd be kind of ironic Even if you don't. And, tr- and true to form in the Star Wars universe to set up Maul and then kill him off or never see him again. <laughs> That's almost what I'm afraid of. It's like the next movie they're going to have like a short snippet of someone saying like a newscast. Darth Maul's <laughs> been captured and killed. <laughs> it's like, what? He was really? cut in half vertically this time. <laughs> no way of coming back from that. We have no <laughs> medical science to help you there. We got close with uh, Vader, but that was just his arms and legs right. and a bunch of bad bad burns <laughs> really bad burns um <laughs> i i liked it i i liked his inclusion um did you like amelia clark's character's uh uh connection to him the whole like triple cross thing it it definitely plays into the character that they were trying to develop for her that she's out for her she's out for her survival mm-hmm. um i still think like we discussed earlier, that it's kind of weak that, you know, hey, I loved you, Han, but, you know. It was good what we had, wasn't it? It was good, but not good enough for me to care about it's, you It's anymore. over now. Well, I mean, she she had everything taken care of from somebody else who was better than Han. And technically speaking, Han never got her off planet. Han didn't put her up, you know, in a yacht. So why would she be loyal to Han when this other guy took care of her right and not in the sense where she's like a damsel needing to be taken care of 
It's just her situation was yeah, I'm on planet in slavery or I'm off planet in slavery and off planet in slavery is a lot better than being on planet. Right. The opportunity is def I would say like if we were to actually put people in that situation, most people would do the same thing though. Sure. Like I have Maybe, I have yeah. the opportunity to whether it's make a bunch of money, control a group of people, or you know, be in power in general, or I can go with this guy that abandoned me on a planet, right, and went to be a flyboy and told me he was coming back, but never did. Like it's pretty hard to say I meant, that I meant to come back, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not soon enough. I made the other stuff happen. Yeah, I mean that's but that's the resourcefulness of her character, which I think makes her a strong. A strong character is she can take care of herself. And she can move on. And she can move on. But it, did you feel like um, there was a little bit of Leia in her? Um, in some ways. I don't, think, I don't know if they were trying to be intentional. But, I mean, Amelia Clark um, has I... similar, like, a similar physical appearance to Leia. Yeah, but that I am I am I I don't know if I'm stretching. I thought I thought that I, w- I wouldn't go to like if you're gonna compare physical. Yes, they they look kind of. I would even say personality too, though. Uh, There's a personality type, you know. Like you I know. don't know if Leia is as cutthroat though. Really? Like Leia knows how to get the job done, right? But at the same time. Like she has the ability She's to freaking care for telling people. General Tarkin that this the ship stinks and she thought it was him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, she was she was bold and brazen, um, but there's comparisons, yes. So I I was just thinking that we're setting up <laughs> we're setting up uh, and seeing why Han Solo likes this type of person, like is attracted to this type of person. Well, well. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's nothing there. I mean, I think it's definitely a change that they're going to, like, a strong female, like, villain. They've they've shown a strong female villain in Ventress in the, the cartoon series, if sure. anyone's watched. Uh, I, but, haven't, I haven't actually seen maybe but one or two episodes of the Clone Wars animated series or... And then any of the animated Star Wars stuff. There was that one movie. Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. It was weird. Movie. I saw that movie. I did it, go see that. Yeah, and Ventress is in the movie. Right. Well, I don't remember that. That was like, dude. I'm, that was like a decade ago. Uh-huh. So, I know. I remember. I've seen the original trilogy enough, and the and the prequel trilogy enough to recall right. most of that. But like the animated movie, it didn't give me. It didn't get me. So I didn't really care. To pay attention, yeah. but I just knew it was canon, so that's why I went to see it. It it, but it was too it was too it was too kid oriented. And that yeah that that was its main downfall. That's where you know the Clone Wars in general as a series has. It's its okay, downfalls. I had Samurai Jack to to get me through the whole. You know, I need I need a adult oriented uh, action cartoon. Right. Um. That was Cartoon yeah. Network, wasn't it on Cartoon Network? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And they brought it back recently. We're going off topic. <laughs> um, I think we're now. Now we're just stretching. Yeah, we're, we're stretching we're, time. Why? When we don't need to. We. I think that there can be comparisons. Yes. To to Leia. To and, Leia. 
and uh what's her name uh i was saying it kira kira leia kira oh two syllable ending with the uh sound is it's it's the same what if kira no i was gonna say what if kira's leia's like aunt now that's just like putting a theory way out there but then they'd be related not everyone in one galaxy can be related and because of every issue in the galaxy. That's right. just like right. a little over the top. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's do like a final takeaway. Uh, final takeaway, it's worth seeing. How many times? Uh, I saw it twice. Oh, good. I should see it a second time. Back to back. Oh, nice. Just to kind of get... Yes. You get your initial reaction and then go watch and make sure everything... See if I caught everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's cool. Um, I will definitely watch it again. I don't know about in theater. I'll probably wait till it comes out. Um, it, it it's a movie that, as a standalone element, as a standalone Star Wars story, can be watched and enjoyed without understanding everything yeah. beyond it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it does it as well as Rogue One. Rogue One's very detached. It comes from a very small part, but I think it does a good enough job that if you're just there to watch a Star Wars movie and not have to know everything, mm-hmm. it it does succeed on its own. Cool. So everyone can watch it. It's not just for fans. Oh, I agree. Well, like my wife um, could care less about. Uh, Star Wars lore and continuity and consistency and all that kind of stuff. She doesn't. She doesn't care about that stuff. When she goes to see a movie, it's uh, I spent money and I'm going to spend time to watch this movie. It needs to be good. It, is it something that it was is worth that to go see? And she came out of the movie theater being like, uh, and I think it's a great point to make for anybody is uh, this was if nothing else a really good, well done. Uh, action adventure sci-fi film right right like space it's a it's a space you know space odyssey space thing yeah it's not <laughs> i wouldn't say it's an odyssey and it wasn't necessarily a western type in space like you know some of the other stuff yeah true but uh it was a really good uh space sci-fi adventure film right that just happened to be taking place in the star wars universe with characters that we have been established otherwise right and uh, that was the benefit, too. Like, it was a Star Wars film, and it felt like a Star Wars film. And these are the Star Wars characters that we love, especially at the end of the movie. Everybody is who you th- who you know them to be. Right. Like, the, the, the guy who played Chewbacca. Oh, I, we didn't even talk about the fact that Han knows how to speak Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> did, well, did you like that or no? It makes sense. Like, y- you... You have to assume that he can like kind of speak it to be able to understand it, right? Because there's no other reference anywhere in all yeah. the films that he knows Wookie. It, I think, more or less the way that they enacted it was kind of goofy and it was funny. Goofy, but I loved it. it I'm sorry, it worked I absolutely really well it. though. It did. It was a great um, scene. It. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. That that was so, that. I bet you that was so much fun to shoot. That's how I think of that. that I must wonder how so many times they, they just broke. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, you get, 
We're getting off topic. We are. I just, I just, I want to make sure we at least acknowledge the fact that they did give an origin for Han being able to communicate with Chewie. Right. Chewie obviously knows the common language, whatever that is in Star Wars. I, we know it as English, but they're not humans. Are they humans? Can we go into that one? Mm, I'm just we don't need to dive <laughs> But it was cool to see that he could he could speak Wookiee. Right. And it, there was like, but what was cool about it, it wasn't just like, bah. it wasn't like all one tone. Right. They gave it, it inflections and, you know, yeah, diction and all those well, other things. It makes you wonder, which I'm sure at this point someone has. No. There has to be not like, like an actual Wookiee language. <laughs> I, I bet it is. I think it's one of those languages that's just made up. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but my takeaway is uh, it's a movie. It's a it's a great movie. Uh, it's a fine entry in the Star Wars universe. I think it was better than, uh, definitely better than The Last Jedi, <laughs> if we're comparing. Yeah. Um, it, but it it's hard to compare because they're completely different movies. And they're different intentions. And, yeah, different intentions, different all that stuff. I found it, uh, I think as a story, uh, a consistent story that uh, motivations were correct and, and everything kind of lined up and moved well as a story, I think it was better than Rogue One as a story. Now, Rogue One is is different because it served a different purpose and it, right. it did a different its own thing um but as, as as a story that was consistent with itself properly motivated i think han so- or solo a star wars film did uh star wars story did better yeah uh the one thing that you have to remember too with like rogue one is like it's impressive how much solo a stars movie does when they don't have as much latitude as rogue one did right rogue one had such a base idea it could, it could go anywhere it, it could it could do yeah. anything like well for... so it's nice to have rails though like star wars like han solo he's got certain things that you have to do so it kind of makes it easier it it does in the creative process you just gotta serve it you just gotta serve the purpose well yeah yeah but i, I think they did one thing that can happen and has happened in origin movies that we don't want to bring up <laughs> X-Men Wolverine <laughs> what Wolverine <laughs> it 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 can also derail oh, sure. itself <laughs> like you've you've got to hit so many points and make so many references can we talk about Deadpool 2 <laughs> <laughs> next time next time I still haven't seen Fixing it. Fixing the continuity. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, okay. Well, we'll save it for next time. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> I I need to see it. I will it's see good. it. It's good. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. But yeah, I, I would say it's a solid Star Wars entry. If anything, you just want a movie to watch, you don't know much about Star Wars, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's in some ways better than Rogue One. I still really like Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And it definitely. Oh yeah, sets... I'm not taking away from Rogue One. Oh no, I know. It definitely sets the precedence, though, going forward. Like what needs to happen with these next movies? Right. Like it, Chewbacca, it's not, Star Wars story. It's not going to be an easy follow up. No, it's not. But it's good. Uh, wh- uh, what I think, I think that 
between these two Star Wars stories, these side movies, what I see is they really are taking intentions, ma- making intentional to cover the universe that we know and do it justice. Right. And I think they did that with Rogue One, and I think they did it with Solo, that they honored the source material. Whether you want the source material to continue to be developed or not, they did a great job, and, yes. it's, and it's worth seeing. And I, I would even own this. Like, I would buy this film. I, I, I will. Not, not because I'm just going to buy a film to buy a film, because that's what I'm going to do. But, I, you know, I, this is one that has got, I would, I would say, watchability. Oh, yeah. Continued watchability. I mean, even, even though I've seen it once. Even the references <laughs> that you may not have caught the first time. Right. Like, it, it's, that, it's that fun type of movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, actually there shouldn't be a but there. Uh, you know, it, it definitely sparks a conversation. Maybe a conversation that our listeners that we're hoping will listen to Are us. many thousands upon thousands of listeners. It's going to happen. But it, it, it brings the debate. Like, do you think that movies like this are necessary? Some yeah. people are very strongly against it and want that independent storyline to mm-hmm. start developing. Or do you think that there should be more of this? Do you think, you know... Even exposition on someone like Palpatine. Sure. Can you imagine how many gaps they could fill in with like a really good Palpatine movie? Yeah. Could be. I don't know if I want that, though. It'd be interesting. <laughs> I'm a little burned out on Palpatine because of what George Lucas did with the prequels. That's <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> they could redeem him, though. They could. But yeah, those are the questions. Is is this worth the time and effort to build all these additional yeah. m- movies? If we're if we're are we putting questions to the yeah. to the listeners? Let's start the discussion. All right. Um, yeah, tell us what you think. Like, comment, and subscribe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and tell us what you think <laughs> in the comments below. No, but like seriously, what would you guys think are is important for uh, continued stories like this? Should they should they evolve into other story original stories or continue to develop the source material more? Like, what do you think and why? That's I think that's a great question. It is, and that is a wrap. Is that a wrap? I think this is the first episode of PBR. Um, yeah, if you like the content, let us know. If you want us to cover something specific, we want to. But basically, our intention, if I may is to talk about uh, film and video games and stuff in the entertainment world. Um, so if there's something that you think would be interesting to cover, um, give us a holler, like write us a comment wherever wherever you find this, and uh, we'll, we'll do what we can to address it. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Yay. What do you think, Brad? We made it. Was it good? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? I, I had fun. I did too.